שלום ליהודים, שלום לבני נוער, שלום לגויים. It's the evening of the fourth day, ערב כ"ז באלו, פרשס ראש השנה, תשפ"ג 5783, the evening of the third day, Tuesday, September 12, 2023. You're listening to Phantom Nation, the fifth in the latest series of six podcasts, generously sponsored by Floridians for Israel Institute at gmail.com, on israelnewstalkradio.com, coming to you from the state of Israel's nervous breakdown. Today, all of the half dozen or so Israeli TV broadcast stations broadcast the same images from inside the chamber of the high court in Jerusalem. All 15 judges sitting in the great semicircle. Uh, most of them are not observant. Uh, they're also present in the packed chamber, all kinds of observers uh, watching the proceedings in which the court uh, would listen to arguments in favor or against the plaintiff who seems to be the NGO known as the Movement for Equality in Government. Uh, how benign that sounds, but in fact, it's led by Eliad Shraga. Uh, this is the left, at its most left, and anti-Zionist, anti-Jew. Um, and they are that way eh, worse than any NGO in Israel. And it will be no surprise if the court supports this plaintiff's complaint. Uh, they complained to the court that uh, what the Knesset did in June was illegal. For those who don't know Israel's legal and political life, it is an embarrassment. They have no standing in the high court. Anyone with the cash can approach the court, fill out a complaint, pay the fee, and the court will judge your complaint. These judges are the intellectual spawn of a, a man who is legally a Jew, but proud, proudly empty of any knowledge of Jewish law, Jewish history, Jewish metaphysics. A perfectly de-Judaized Jew. A uh, member of Knesset, Simcha Rothman, spoke very well uh, without speaking the truth that these judges, if they had a true uh, judicial liberal democratic spirit, would resign for the blatant hogging of the bench, denying their political opposition a share. Talk about Jews being greedy. This is Israel's high court. Uh, Rothman cited former president of the high court in the good old days, Moshe Landau, who said courts must not engage in matters of policy, choosing between worldviews and issues on issues involving social and economic and political questions that are matters of public controversy. When the Knesset has stated its opinion on an issue and expressed its will by way of legislation, any annulment of legislation by a court in matters such as these will make the court the senior partner in the work of legislation and, and make the judges a bane of public dispute. He talked of judges authorized to overrule decisions of the public's representatives in matters of legislation uh, without having to periodically face the judgment of the public in elections, close quote. Uh, he also used the expression, quote, the crossing of a red line by the court. This was over 40 years ago. It is expected that this uh, panel of overwhelmingly post-religious Israelis will rule in favor of the plaintiff, the dreadful Eliad Shraga, who claims that the amendment voted for last June by the Knesset on uh, reasonability must be canceled. This is a panel whose guiding light was a totally empty shell of a Jew, Ahawan Barak. Think of the commitment of the most pious Jew and his mirror image. A Jew who is, is also committed, but to the opposite. He's committed to attacking Jews that is, those proud-to-be Jews and commonly traditional Jews who keep the commandments, 
or at least uh, respect Jews who do. If the court rules for these leftists on fire with hostility to the classic identity of a Jew, it will not surprise. The, the founding generation of the state raised high as a national model a Moshe Dayan who sneered at the Temple Mount as that Vatican who needs it. Dayan was raised by socialists in a, a collective village, uh, like the communes, the kibbutzim. All of them were, of course, atheists. These hothouses produced men like Dayan, who became chief of staff, defense minister, uh, Ehud Barak, and Benny Gantz as well, and Yitzhak Rabin as well. All these IDF generals who rose to the top, presumably all of them atheists. For Rabin and Perez, Judea and Samaria, had no religious attraction. Uh, the worst of them said they were not even Jews at all because that's a religion and they were not religious. They were Israelis, but they were not Jews. And so today, Chief Justice Esther Hayut spoke against the new amendment law, eliminating, quote, reasonable standard by citing, she did this, citing other countries like England and Australia, where the reasonable standard is expanding in use. It goes against this trend of canceling of course, this Chief Justice is in the mold of the empty shell of a Jew, Aharon Bach, who would look to other nations for guidance, rather than to their own people's millennia of rich legal reasoning. Jewish tradition uh, would not allow a woman to be in this position because of a woman's nature. A woman is more merciful than men when a judge has to be firm and punish. Esther Hayut has said her role is defending the individual from the power of the government, or words to that effect, Surely a noble pursuit, but that's the profession of a social activist, not the highest judge in the land. The Torah teaches not only the obvious prohibition against a judge ruling in favor of the rich man against the poor in order to curry favor with him, that's obvious. He must also recognize that in a conflict between a rich man and a poor man, he must not be overly lenient toward the poor man because he is poor. He's just as capable of being a sinner and an aggressor against the rich as the opposite. Esther Hayut has no heritage in law to draw on except what she gleans from other legal systems. And that's what's wrong with this court. Like its mentor, Aaron Barak, empty of Jewish history, empty of Jewish thought, culture, religion. And that is what the riots funded by Ehud Barak have been all about. Their fear of the rising power of religious Jews and those who at least respect their religion Moshe Dayan gave away the Temple Mount, and Perez Rabin tried to give away Judea and Samaria and Gaza, territory even the Goyim in San Remo in 1922 respected as rightfully Jewish land. What would be so terrible if Israeli Jews finally made their own case to the planet that all the land west of the Jordan River, still only 47% of the real map of Palestine, it's in my book, this belongs to Israel, and as the legitimate uh, uh, landlord, according to Gentile law, we have the right to evict tenants we don't want for whatever reason, including those whose religion glorifies and glories in murdering Jews and spilling our blood. And if that sounds too extreme, how to explain the number of schools and little parks the PA has named after a Shahid, a Muslim hero, for murdering Jews at random and being killed in the process? Trouble is, secular Israelis are constitutionally incapable of facing the truth of our neighbors, of seeing not a conflict with the Palestinians, but the jihad, the activity that Muslims most thrive on. The spread of Islam 
to the whole world means the elimination of all other religions, of their houses of worship, and any and all artifacts, evidence of their existence in history. Jihad means not only the conquest of other people and their religion, but the destruction of their history, evidence of their existence in the past. This is what Muslims here do in Judea and Samaria, that Israel chooses not to combat as it might, precisely because religious relics are of no interest to them, nothing to fight over. They're constantly vandalizing Jewish historic sites in Judea and Samaria, commonly redoing them with a new Arabic name and the claim that they are really historic Palestinian sites. When the High Court will issue its judgment on the legality of the recent amendment to the basic law limiting their own power, when they will do that is not yet known. Uh, Minister of Justice Yariv Levin, Levin, principal author of the Judicial Reform Program, has hinted he's ready to disrespect it, and I hope he does. I hope many do. No one wants civil war and strife, but this high court has to be brought down. What do these legal mediocrities think they're doing? These protégés of their megalomaniacal mentor, Aaron Barak. He said, everything is justiciable. No, it's not. These provincial post-Jew high court judges have a poor notion of the basic principle of the separation of powers. They refuse to see the line between the National Assembly, elected by the people, uh, which they have not been, and the courts. This is a fight that must be fought and won. The high court has to be reconfined to its proper place.
And that was Avichai Paz Greenwald. Yeah, Minister Justice Levin has refused to commit to respecting an adverse high court judgment, as he should. Today, the Imtil 2 NGO uh, came to the high court before dawn with a quarter ton of bananas to set up a little exhibition to mock the court as if it is fit for a banana republic. Uh, Levin also said this morning, quote, the court, whose justices elect themselves behind closed doors and without a protocol, is placing itself above the government, above the Knesset, above the people, and above the law, close quote. Matan Peleg, head of Imtil Tzu, said the very fact of this hearing in the court today taking place uh, is without authority. Its very existence is, quote, a severe blow to democracy. And I add, this is so true, for even to entertain the idea of such a hearing is a blow to democracy. The court uh, sits in judgment of the right of Knesset to pass the laws that it did. Third world dictatorship or no, it certainly is weird that the attorney general here refuses to make the case for the government before the court. In effect, she sets herself up as a judge in judging the government. This is so obvious, this poorly constructed political justice and electoral system here. It's all a product of the intellectually flabby socialists who led the way into statehood and ruled here for the first generation, whose uh, millionaire grandchildren now are behind the riots, along with the spiritual spawn of Moshe Dayan, Ehud Barak, and other graduates of the IDF at the highest level, like Rabin, like Gantz, all former chiefs of staff, like former Deputy Chief of Staff Yair Golan, Ehud Barak's comrade-in-arms these days, who opened his mouth again. You know him from uh, linking Israeli behavior to Nazi behavior, one Holocaust Remembrance Day. Uh, there he was yesterday, interviewed on uh, the radio, Khan Rashid Beit, protesting the presence of the Haredi community at all. Quote, It is impossible to have a huge population that is growing at a rapid rate a parasitic population in the state of Israel, close quote. <laughs> Notice again echoes of the Holocaust, when Jews were accused in Germany of being just that, a parasitic population, like some kind of uh, parasite, uh, some kind of insect that is uh, sucking your blood. Yet your Golan, it seems, uh, on the contrary, to be the one infected with a kind of spiritual parasite living inside of him that makes him see the Jews... Uh, as echoes of the Nazis, who made propaganda films likening Jews to rats, and I believe germs. Here Gulan is afflicted with a real bad case of what I would call anti-Jew-itis. It's a mental disorder in which Jews are misperceived as evil and dangerous when they are not. Leftists like this see in the clash between Jews and Palestinians, and the latter, the victims of the former, Israel is the aggressor. Just the other day, Tamir Pardo, former head of Mossad, accused the Jewish state of running an apartheid society in uh, what he would call the West Bank or the occupied territories. And then there was that other veteran, nasty leftist IDF general, head of the Navy, former head of the GSS, Ami Ayalon, who on the radio last Friday sounded exactly like the rioters who called the, uh, who called the last election a coup d'etat. 
when I, I want to be charitable about uh, Ami Ayalon, uh, being head of Israel's highly sophisticated if small navy and later the GSS, uh, does not require knowledge of the true meaning of the French expression coup d'etat. Then again, he may know the truth, but in that case, he's just a liar. On Friday morning, speaking at the Halal, the first Moshav ever invented by Moshe Dayan's father, where Moshe Dayan grew up, made his home, uh, I alone foresaw the possibility in his interview of bloodshed. Just like soulmate Ehud Barak, if you remember, in his infamous three-year-old video, which also contained the image of Jews killing Jews in a real civil war. Jewish bodies floating in Tel Aviv's Yarkon River was his way of putting it. If the Knesset ever passes a law barring IDF generals from ever entering politics, I would not pr protest. The IDF is surely the most left-wing military service on the planet, leastwise in the matter of the enemy. These Muslims here, under our uh, rule, indeed, the IDF, product of the atheist Social Democrats, still contains numerous secular anti-religious officers who harbor no interest in Israel annexing Judea and Samaria, and especially not when they mistakenly think they would have to award citizenship to what they mistakenly call the Palestinians. Benny Gantz represents such people. He who likely supports the constant building by the enemy uh, in Judea and Samaria, buildings funded by the Europeans. Let them create communities, such people think, and they won't want war. They'll have something to protect. Uh, they will have something to lose. This is so typical of the leftist way of thinking about life and human nature. They fancy they have the power with their big ideas to transform the Palestinians into tolerant, friendly, cooperative neighbors. Which makes some sense when the Israeli education system, I am sure, never teaches school kids about the life of Jews in Islam for over a thousand years, never teaches of the inherent Jew hatred animus in the Quran. Doing that would not further the secular Zionist vision. Shimon, the visionary's vision of a new Middle East. Yitzhak Rabin's dream come true as well of being no longer a people that dwells alone, isolated from the Goyim by hatred of our religion, when religion itself is just a narcotic, Marx said. Rabin was surely taught that by his hysterical, heretical communist parents. It's also this uh, same secular Israeli attitude that accounts for the painfully too many IDF pilots and reservists serving officers who now say they will mutiny if the roster of the high court judges begins to include conservative and more religious judges. I think that of the 15, there's maybe only one for sure is religious, maybe two or three others. Still, uh, the fact, this fact right here is evidence of the greediness of this slice of Israeli society. In, in the last election, the majority of the people were on the right, we should see a similar balance on the high court, don't you think? Reflective of that imbalance. Instead, we have just the opposite. During the riots, the rioters have been known to sneer at religious Jews. I'm not your brother, and so this is the court we get in that society. This is what the lies of a coup d'etat and fighting for democracy are all about. The flight from the classic Jewish identity for 14 centuries that never in those years had absolutely anything to do with anything but the Jewish religion and its adherents, who uh, preserved the ancient religious life in every generation. 
As there are no war between Jews and fake Palestinians, but between Jews and real Muslims who wage jihad, so domestically our civil war so far has been bloodless, thank God, but it too is also about religion.
and that was David Gerwitz. And you're listening to the program program on phantomnation.com. So, in preparing uh, this evening's webcast, glancing from time to time at some news reports of what was being said in Israel's embarrassing high court, uh, the sophomoric excuses for thinking these judges have the right to overrule the Knesset elected by the people uh, when they have not been elected, uh, they've been chosen only by a handful of fellow lawyers who think like them. I expect the worst from this court, but not one of them, not one had the honesty and guts to say this hearing should never have been held. The decision to hold it prima facie implies that there's an argument there between two sides uh, with valid claims whether or not the court can override the decisions of the democratically elected National Assembly. Who are these people? who hold their fellow Israelis in such contempt. I can only conjecture this behavior is of a piece with the inability of official Israel to recite tomorrow, the 30th anniversary of the sick handshake on the White House lawn between those two Marxist dummies, Rabin and Perez, and those venomous reptiles on two feet, Arafat and Abbas, to recite tomorrow, Israel would need guts, the Kaddish, the Kaddish Yathom, the prayer for the dead over Yossi Balin's Oslo abomination. We have to declare it has ceased to exist. Wouldn't that be a joyous day when official Israel declares Oslo was a failure? And every sober Israeli from left to right on the political spectrum knows that the two-state solution, which was Oslo, is an impossibility. And worse, uh, it's a downright inhuman anti-Semitic demand that the we Jews would do what no other people in our situation would do. The demand that we'd retreat from the high ground, known to uh, be an advantage uh, to hold on to, known since the first fake caveman figured out it was better to throw a rock uh, from a height down on an enemy than the opposite. Speaking of which, yesterday the British Foreign Secretary James Cleverly arrived for his first ever visit, I understand, to Israel. And, of course, he has to pay and did an ancient Palestinian authority visit. Can't meet with one side only. Uh, moral equivalent, you know. Uh, if he did not meet with the PA back home, fellow Brits might, act, might actually be, be murdered for the insult. And before his trip, even before he got here, possibly to immunize himself and his country, lest any slip of the tongue when here uh, cause trouble. He said regarding the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, uh, I wrote a whole book on how it used to be called the Arab-Israeli conflict. He said, quote, A two-state solution between Israel and the occupied territories is the only way to achieve security, stability, and prosperity for Israelis, Palestinians, the entire region, close quote. And I say, this is, this is just amazing. He's saying if there is no prosperity in the region, say in Syria, Iraq, Yemen, that's because the Jews have yet to retreat from the high ground and return the high ground uh, to the enemy and to begin to re return to being nine miles across instead of 50. That's why there's no prosperity in the region, you see. If there are poor people in the region, it is the absence of the two-state solution that will achieve security and stability uh, for Israel. Israel will be far more secure in handing back the West Bank to the Muslims, is the implication. And I pray for the day when official Israel says the two-state solution is kaput. It was the political vision of socialists, of atheists, 
whose messianic vision of peace failed in baths of Jewish blood. I pray for the day when official Israel says the two-state solution was premised on there being a Palestinian people who desired only the West Bank and Gaza. And never mind the endless propaganda by the Muslims in Arabic masquerading as Palestinians, saying that their real goal is the same in 19, it was the same in 1993 as in 1948. The destruction of an independent state for Jews, God forbid, on territory for most of 14 centuries that had been ruled by Islam. Official Israel needs to smash the idol of the Palestinian people with the right to an independent state and the heart of the land promised to the Jews by the creator of the universe. To trash the anti-Semitic fantasy of Judea and Samaria coming under Muslim rule again, as Gaza when returned did not become a Palestinian state, but a Hamas-run zone. Hamas is the Muslim Brotherhood that has never cared for a Western notion of a political state, only the spread of Islam over the whole world.
That was Yossi Azulai. Okay, this has been the fifth of six Phantom Nation podcasts. The title is well of a book of the same name. More than one reader has called it the best book ever on the war against Israel by Islam, currently camouflaged as the putatively primeval Palestinian people, about whom there is nothing Palestinian. These podcasts are generously sponsored by Floridians numeral four, Israel Institute at gmail.com who hold rallies at the Miami-Dade College campus, Kendall campus, on Tuesdays. Check the dates for the next one via their email, floridiansforisraelinstitute at gmail.com. The Institute is also looking for a part-time librarian for their collection of books on Israel. I'll be back next Wednesday, God willing, for the last podcast in this series, after which three such weekly podcasts become available thanks to the generous support of subscribers. Until then... Rosh Hashanah Sameach. Have a good week. I'm Shaim Bentekoa.